Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Matt, a.k.a. The Lumberjack Landlord, here with our favorite Friday guest, Michael Zuber from One Rental at a Time, and in the amazing new office. By the way, still looks awesome, dude. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of stuff to still put in. Uh, Got to clean it up. But yeah, I love. I look forward to doing one of our uh, interviews when I can hold you on my phone and, and show you all the good stuff someday. Yeah, definitely. We'll absolutely do that. I love that. So I, I didn't tell you this question beforehand, just like in segment one. Mm-hmm. So my question to you for segment two is what do you believe what is the top strategy you will use in 2022 to acquire properties uh, i am going to uh market i'm going to do direct mail okay to uh landlords who have portfolios meaning more than one unit and own them probably i think i'm going to do 15 years or more yep and i'm going to offer to buy their entire portfolios seller finance Nice. Yeah. End of segment. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then if you were to ask about next year, because I think next year, so 23 for me is, is I need, I need to personally learn subject to, uh, yeah, I believe that mm-hmm. I believe there will be a time where the recession kicks in Yep. where people need to sell or move or whatever. Mm-hmm. I want those 30 year interest rates, Yep. you know, with a two on it. And yeah. in an environment where you and I are probably paying in the sixes as investors. Yep. So I will flat out overpay. Yeah. For well, that. you can, so, you can, yeah. right? Exactly. Yeah. Cause exactly. again, as long as I'm long-term hold, it doesn't matter. Right. So yeah. So uh, for me in 2022, it's going to be, port- I'm going to try to buy one, two, three portfolios, meaning more than one unit mm-hmm. uh, directly from sellers with seller financing. That's what I'm targeting. So, uh, yeah. so we have, so, you know, the, the, the motto of one rental at a time is understand what average is so you can do good and great deals. Mm-hmm. So would the axiom be for what you're trying to accomplish with seller financing, understanding that you're trying to get those loans that have a two in front of them, number one, mm-hmm. number two is recognizing that we currently are going to be at a six. Mm-hmm. So we know that we're looking at payment. Isn't it essentially still the same axiom of let's look at exactly what we have from a 2x percent perspective mm-hmm. and what I would be paying in the market for a six and what that makes the number and then uh, and kind of what that then leads to rent and what my return is going to be. Mm-hmm. Is it basically being able to understand this is how much this asset's worth to me based on being able to acquire it at a two and a half percent rate or a 275 rate? Yeah, the beauty of what I teach, talk about, and use every day is it doesn't change. That's right. It just doesn't change, right? right? It, it's a very simple equation. The denominator is how much cash it takes to control the asset. In a subject to environment, it's probably very little, maybe some makeup and payments or, or some moving money or something, but very little because it won't be a down payment, right? It's, it's In most cases, it won't be a down payment. And then I'll just be able to articulate the, the top line, which is the numerator is rent minus all my expenses, which will include a mortgage rate or mortgage payment that has a two on it. 
so yeah, it's a very simple and, and more importantly, the same exact calculation that I did two years ago when I was buying junk and, and doing full gut remodels. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. And uh, that's what makes one rental at a time um, powerful is it doesn't change. I don't, I don't have to change how I evaluate deals because my cash is still my cash. I still want to know how hard my cash is working. That's yeah, right. the, the, new, the denominator may be smaller here, but it still produces a yield. Mm-hmm. It's all that matters. Uh, and then again, I don't bet on appreciation. I don't bet on value add. I don't bet on any of these things. So I don't, I don't want to get into silly conversations. I think that's worth 112. You think it's worth 108. And you think it's worth 136. None of those numbers are irrelevant. They're all irrelevant to me. There's, there's no value there. But again, I'm going to put the deal together. I put it together like I'm going to hold forever. And then if something changes and somebody wants to overpay, I'll sell and move the money around. So yeah, one rental at a time doesn't change. My acquisition strategy may change, but it's always about the yield, cash on cash, you know, rock, return on capital, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to know how hard my money's working. So I wanted to run a strategy past you. This is one that I've actually employed my last few deals. Um, it's something that I think we have to, as being leaders in our field and experts at what we do and elite investors, I believe it's on, it's incumbent upon us to figure out how to win deals even in this ridiculous market. And so one of the things that I've employed that I was not ever really a fan of, but I saw pieces and parts of it as from a strategy perspective in the last few years. So one of the things that I've done is that there's really three main components to any PNS. Yep. It mm-hmm. is the price that you're offering, the terms around that price, and then what are the gates to get me out of the deal? Yep. Those yep. are really the three main components. And so what I look at now is what's posted very, very often in the one rental at a time group, which is absolutely fantastic, worth the weight, worth its weight in gold. You get access to it via purchasing your course. And also the three amigos of FI, the three amigos, myself, yourself, and, and Dion, uh, Dion Talk Financial Freedom. One of the things that I've seen often posed in that group from a question perspective is I'm not even getting heard. I'm not even getting my offer heard. And it's because I want to do inspections. I see that question probably five to 10 times a week. And so one of the things that I've augmented in my deals is I will actually do a no inspection deal before you shoot me, just hold on. I'm listening. But I'll do a no inspection deal. I will make it only in inspection only for informational purposes. Okay. That helps get me past the list of people that want inspections to take their bite out of the apple. Mm -hmm. So let's just say the property is $500,000 and I'm offering 525, but there were a few people at 550, but the people at 550, they want a full dock inspection. Mm -hmm. And the seller, not being an idiot, knows Mm -hmm. that they're just gonna bite me, eat eat away at the apple, death by a thousand cuts, I'm gonna end up south of the 525, or I'm gonna have to extend the process and go through it and it's gonna be a nightmare. And so I'm better off picking the investor that says, you know what, 525, because he's got a clean deal. He says inspections are for only for informational purposes. Okay. So the reason that I started doing that was because I believe when you work with a smaller bank, their interest is to protect them and you. Sure. Okay. Yep. So what I've done is informational purposes only. And if something super hairy, super awful, crazy, ridiculous, you know, some bad 10, $20,000 thing. Mm-hmm. I take that information and I send it to my bank. 
And at that point, the bank says, ooh, I don't think we want this asset and not receiving it like that. Yeah. So I've essentially gotten over the hump of being able to be an offer that's reviewed, largely be an offer that's then accepted. And then the bank can be the bad guy to say, we're not going to let you buy that asset with a $20,000 liability. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. Thoughts? Well, you're basically using the financing con uh, yeah. contingency to get out. That's what you're doing. I, yep. Um, I think that's an advanced strategy. I think that's something you got to get comfortable with. Yeah. Uh, I don't think the average first-time investor is is that's that's going to work. I, I do not think, I mean, I wouldn't... Um, I mean, get in a time machine. I wouldn't buy any. And again, I invested in a hot market uh, yep. as well. Not like today, but um, I don't think there's anything wrong with having conditions. It, yep. It's you're again, Q1, as I've said repeatedly, is going to be like last April, which is bananas. It doesn't mean it's, it's okay. If, if you don't get the deal today, the person who's buying is probably overpaying is going to have regret. That's why I talk about learning average. Mm -hmm. Today, people are getting bad deals. Don't do a bad deal. Wait, right. let inventory rise. We are at lifetime low inventory. It is very hard to get deal, good or great deals done. But as, in, as the economy slows, as the Fed jumps a half point, as this, as that, as this, as that inventory will build, be patient. Inventory yeah. will be higher in December than it is today. It almost has to be. I mean, just jeez. Yeah. It'd be hard um, to get much lower. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, no kidding, huh? Seriously, yeah. But yeah, yeah. do do the work. Just um, yeah, it's it's. Uh, I I wouldn't want in any of my students who who have less than ten deals to do that. Yeah. Um, yep, I would agree with that. I really think that again. I think that's really an advanced. Number one, it's an advanced strategy. Number two, it's this is what I've done. I'm not telling you at all to do it. Mm -hmm. um, but number three is this is also there was plenty of meat on the bone for me. Yeah, these still were deals that were 15% return on capital or greater, mm -hmm. where it made sense to pay up, create a cleaner deal. But at the same time, too, I think very often the newbies are the ones at that, well, we'll pay 550. Yeah, yeah, but you have to have all the stars aligned to get this deal. And still at the end of the day, that might be a 5% or 6% return. I'm only talking about yeah. deals that are still double digits, still sure. plenty of meat on the bone and yeah. saying, I just need to get past that first step. I think too often people think of a strategy to solve the entire, the entire problem. Yeah. And they you really just, just need to be solving that problem in front of them. The very yeah. You, you're, you basically want a yes answer from the seller, but still have a get out of jail free card with the financing condition. It's, it's, it's very creative. You got to have some stones, um, well, two and things. Also, yeah. two, so two things about it. One is you, it should be a small bank. If yeah. it's a big bank, they're likely going to still make it close, you know, still close on the deal and, you know, likely not deny you. And then say, mm -hmm. you know, we want to, you know, we're going to give, or they'll give you a denial letter. Right. Yeah, they could. And then a denial letter, just so everyone's clear, a denial letter is not a good thing. If you yeah. get that denial letter, that's actually, I think when you go to apply for the next mortgage, don't they say something about like you haven't been denied a loan in the last like 90 days or 180 uh, days? I don't know. It's been so long since I've done one. I don't know. Okay. So there is something. So for those people that are out there that are thinking about, you know, potentially using what I did, there are downsides to it. You could still have to close with that $20,000 problem, number one, and not get any seller credit mm -hmm. or back out of the deal and lose your deposit. That's another option. 
The second thing is you could get a denial letter from the bank. If you get that denial letter from the bank, just make sure you look at the terms of what that mortgage was, which is usually it says something to the effect of 90 days or 180 days that you haven't been turned down for credit in some other way, shape, and form when purchasing a house. These are things that can stick with you, put you in the penalty box for six months. So if you're going to do this type of thing like I did, recognize that I was in the position where I could take the hit. Yeah, I could take the hit. And it was really about the deal, the juice being worth the squeeze. So yeah, the, I, good. Yeah, I was just thinking the, the thing that I might do in your situation is I actually might let my EMD go hard. I mean, it wouldn't be a big number, but if I saw a 20% return and I knew earnest I was money, compete, earnest money deposit. Or, yeah, earnest money yeah. deposit. I might say, hey, accept my offer five, five grand goes hard day one. Yeah. You know, that way, basically, I basically, I have to find something pretty nasty. Yeah. To get out of the deal. Yep. Uh, I've done that. Um, but does that, does a deal like that though, win you a deal in these ultra hot markets where there's, you know, 15 offers on a, on a given property? I don't know. I mean, I know it has in the past. I haven't done one of those recently. And again, it's, it's a strategy I would only use on one of those great deals, right? Like, oh, I see 25%, this, that, the other. Because again, I'm willing, I'm willing to accept a lot of extras because I probably already budgeted some make ready and things of that nature. Sure. I'd have to be pretty confident, but I have done that and it has won me deals. Because again, from the seller's perspective, the money went hard day one. Escrow could wire it to them the next day. Um, that looks pretty good because most of these people, um, you know, they, they, they want their get out of jail free cards to, sure. to get that money back. In my case, the, the downside for the sellers, they get my five grand and then they relist or they call the backup. That's, That's right. the downside. That's right. Not a bad downside. I mean, go, you get a vacation out of me. Why not? Well, that's the other thing that I was going to say too, is, is that we just had a deal like this. We found that there was knob and tube wiring existing that had been spliced into. Ooh. That is a safety hazard. Like you read about. Yeah, And there was that and a leaky roof. And we went back to them and said, there's these two issues. These are safety issues. Yeah. So with them being safety issues, you're now obligated to report these to the last person. What we did to make sure that we put them on notice, we actually sent them a copy of the report because we knew that that would force their hand to make sure that they had written proof. We wanted to make the agent's job on their side easier to bring that to his seller. And to also make sure that they were both on notice that this is a known issue and a safety issue. Yeah, because if they don't disclose it next time, there's a big, big, big trouble. So what we also did was we also took the opportunity to get quotes for both of those things and basically Hmm. went back to them and said, listen, it's going to be between 15 and 22,000. I'll take 15. Yeah. And then they came back and they squeezed for 10. And we said, no. We literally just flat out said no. And they came back and they said, all right, I guess we'll do the 15. Cool. So it was a little bit of a squeeze. So again, these are all things that you should not be doing on your own. These are all things that are advanced strategy. These are all things that I am using to acquire units after number 80. Right. Not my first 80. After 80. So this is not by any means an endorsement to go do something crazy and weird and goofy like this. This is just, we, I like being transparent. And when people are like, how is he winning deals? Mm -hmm. This is what I did to win those deals. So you don't need to feel like you and I were in competition. We had exactly the same situation and, and I just won because I was lucky or this, that, or the other. I beat 
other people in that deal with an advanced strategy that carries with it significant risk. And that's how I won. And that's how I'm beating out these other deals. And I'm not even in the top three when it comes to price. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. We'll see. I mean, it, it works until it doesn't, until I have a 20K matzo ball and my bank goes, you're still going to buy it. Yeah. Like, come on, man. And there'll be a deal that I have like a $10,000 deposit on. So it's like, I guess I'll right. close it. <laughs> yeah, walk from, walk, exactly. Walk from the 10 or put in another 10 and fix the problem on the house. I guess I'm going to have to put in the other. Yeah. Thing that goes in That's the called house. pot committed, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not all sunshine and roses just because you get to 100 units. Mm-hmm. You have to do more creative things in a market like this, but yeah. you have to make the decision is the juice worth the squeeze? Agreed. Agreed. So, Mr. Zuber, where can everybody find you, my friend? One rental at a time, website, books, YouTube channel, all that stuff. And as you can see through this entire interview, if you are one of Michael's students, don't do what we just talked about. (laughs) Not yet. He hates this idea for any one of his students. And that's okay. Yes. Good for (laughs) you. We had to disagree on something in 2022. I mean, it was almost an entire year in 21. So it kind of worked out. I like it. Thanks so much for the time. Appreciate you.